Today's sponsor of the podcast are Clocks and Colors. Clocks and Colors is handcrafted men's jewelry. They have pendants, chains, rings, bracelets, and apparel. You can check them out at www.clocksandcolors.com. Colors is spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S. Just Open Up is a sister company to Clocks and Colors, and that is called Etta Love. That is for women. They have pendants, rings, bracelets, earrings, and much more. You can check them out at www.etalove.com. That's E-T-A-H-L-O-V-E.com. The second sponsor of today's podcast is Manscaped. Get yourself a precise trim. Proper manscaping requires precision-engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but both hygiene and ergonomics demand it. Out now is the Lawnmower 4.0. This is a top-quality shaver. It features an LED spotlight with an on-off switch so you can see and you're not going in blind down there. This thing is running at 7,000 RPMs. This thing is waterproof. This thing has a wireless charger. I want to help you guys. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the discount code OSIRIS20. That's OSIRIS20 when you check out at www.manscaped.com. Let's get into the podcast. back everyone this is the infinite mind podcast this is episode 17 back this is uh you know a week out from angel or alien i just want to start this off by saying thank you guys the uh the reaction the response to angel alien is potentially the best we've ever had as far as i can remember in our you know pretty pretty long career in born of osiris so thank you guys um you know, I've seen so many people sharing it, so many kind words, so many people complimenting it. Uh, it just feels good, you know, especially after a year and a half off and, you know, the pandemic kind of making us feel like our lives were on hold for a while, as I'm sure everyone, you know, felt. But, you know, it's tough. You're at the end of a record cycle for simulation, which went great, by the way. But then, you know, at the end of the record cycle, you're excited for the next thing because things aren't feeling so fresh, right? Because you're ready for a new album. You know, and then the pandemic hits, you know, and, and it's hard for everybody. Financially, it's hard. It's hard for everybody, uh, you know, mentally and even physically, you know, some people, you know, suffer it all those ways. But I can just say, you know, a week out from Angel Alien being out and potentially being the best response we've ever had. I'm just thankful. Thankful for you guys. Whether you bought it or just streamed it for free, just thanks for the support. It is what it is. Um, we're all thankful. That's a thank. That's a thank you from all of us, not just me. Right. Um. So yeah, that came out a week ago. For those who don't know, it's Angel or Alien. It's 14 tracks. It's about an hour long, maybe five minutes short. Uh, you know you know us, Technical Metal Goodness, as I said last week. Um, if you want to check anything out as far as uh, getting a copy of that, a vinyl, you know, t-shirt, coffee mug, skateboard, whatever, we got it all, uh, go to www.bornofosiris.com. And I believe you're going to find all of our new music videos there. If you haven't seen any of those, that could be for White Nile, that could be for Angel or Alien, the title track, that could be for Poster Child, what we just dropped a week ago as well. Um, so it should have that. And it also should have our tour dates, which we'll get more into at the end of this. Um, but we do have some Texas shows coming up at the end of the month. And I'm very excited for that. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Um, again, I mentioned last week, if you didn't, if you weren't here, we have a possible U.S. tour in the fall. We are working on support for that. We just locked up our uh, direct support, which I'm very excited to tell you about. Can't do it right now, but we're, we're rounding out the package. It'll be four bands. We have us. We have the direct support. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just figuring out the first couple bands, and then you'll hear more about it. Um, and then we're going to be doing Europe in the winter, assuming we can go over there. I don't know the deal with, uh, you know crossing borders quite yet, uh, especially from America to other countries. I know people don't like the way America handled the rollout, blah, blah, blah. But assuming we can do a damn thing, we're coming to Europe in the winter, UK, Europe. And early next year, we'll be in the US, major cities. Angel or Alien will be the title of all these tours. We're playing a ton of music from all these, uh, from the new album. Uh, that's what I've been doing, honestly, this week. You know, after the new album came out last Friday, um, the response was so insane that we added more songs from the album to our set. So here's what happens. Sometimes you put a record out and people love the singles and then they're like, okay, but you know, I still want to hear their old shit, you know? Um, and it, it will think we're thankful that people like our old shit too, but this one came out and it, people seemingly just really want to hear all of it. And so I'm going to Chicago next week to practice. I think actually I'll film next week's podcast and leave. Um, to to go practice so like what two weeks you know obviously recorded the songs and tracked them but like you know that that was over a year ago so we're like touching them up and like you know cleaning up the hard parts that we haven't played in a year blah 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 but yeah I've just been doing that because like we added two more songs within days you know of the album coming out that we're gonna need to be you know playing in a couple weeks live so I've been doing that sorry I bumped you out here um I've been doing that and uh, it's exciting, you know, so we're going to play a shitload of this new record. So if you like it, then uh, you're going to really want to come and get some tickets to see us because we're not uh, we're not slouching on performing the new record this time around. Um, in other news, you know, I'm working on solo album three, but um, I do think we should be announcing my second solo album in just like a couple months. Um, I wish it could be now. Trust me. But the goal here is we don't want to ride too close on the heels of Born of Osiris, Angel Alien. We need to let it breathe, um, give it its time. Um, so even though solo album two is ready, it's just not quite, uh, we don't feel it's appropriate to start talking about it yet while uh, Born of Osiris is so fresh. But that will be coming just a couple months here. We'll announce it. Let's get to some of your questions. Question number one, UFC 264, Connor or Dustin and how? Well, you know, I do love making fight predictions, but it's fucking hard with this because you have a person like Connor McGregor who's made so much money. Um, they've done, he's done such good business with whiskey, with TV commercials, like fucking Burger King, I think. Um, that like when the man's focused, you can uh, expect a dynamite performance, a dominant performance even. Uh, but you know what they say, you know, when you make so much money and it's just hard to want to get punched in the face. I, I'm going to butcher the quote, um, but it was something like, you know, it's hard to get up and run when you're sleeping in silk sheets and, you know, putting in the hard work when life is already so comfortable. So, listen, I feel like sometimes you get a focused Connor. Sometimes you don't lately. Um, but, you know, I think that if he kept the focus he had always had at the time on his rise that was so fun to watch, kept himself dedicated you know, you might have had a, a much longer dominant run as opposed to the one we had, which was super fun to watch. But then you have Dustin. <clears throat> Dustin lost the first fight, I think, in the first round knockout from Connor. Um, but what has he done since? Well, he's been fighting 
fucking Warriors. Your your Gaethys, your Alvarez, like the dude has not taken any time off. Um, he's done quite the opposite of Connor. He's just fought and he's been in wars and he's cage tested even more than he already was at the time when Connor first fought him. Um, so, you know, it's hard not to put your money on Dustin it, for me, but then, you know, you, these guys know how to sell a fight too. And Connor's saying things like, I'm not with my family this week or, you know, he didn't bring his family to fight camp. He's so he's like, I'm just focused on fighting instead of like the last camp I had this going on. My kids were there, blah, blah, blah. Hey, is it excuses? We don't know. He says he's focused. Um, you know, it's. I'll tell you what. I'm enjoying watching all the interviews to the lead up of this. I'm, I'm a guy who watches all UFC content when it comes to a fight, uh, especially one that I care about. I'll watch every goddamn interview, no matter who it is. I get real into it. Um, man, I can see Connor shocking everybody right now, but the safe bet I would say is is Dustin. Are, are you excited for the new Gossip Girl? Well, let me tell you guys. This question's for my wife. I uh, have watched all of Gossip Girl with her on the couch. I've watched many of her shows that she just, you know, being with someone, living with someone, you kind of watch all the shit that they like at some point or another. So apparently there's a new Gossip Girl. Am I excited? Yeah, that sounds fun. What scale should I learn first as someone trying to learn music theory? Well, I don't really think that that would be... Something I would recommend is to learn a scale first. I think, you know, you're going to learn, I mean, what, you learn your your major and minor first. I think that's what I learned with what, the little preschool fairy tale music that you first learn when you pick up a guitar. Um, and it's necessary to learn your whole, whole half, whole, whole, whole half. You know what I mean? Like all that shit is necessary to start. I think you get that. I, so I guess I'll say major scale, right? But just to lay groundwork simply, because... I think once you once you learn that, you can kind of learn the intricacies of the more um, interesting scales, the more, uh, you know, progressive sounding scales, the more, um, you know, ones with a bit crazier of a formula. Um, so, you know, I guess if you're going to learn your major minor first, that's a good, good stepping stone. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be the most exotic, fun sounding thing in the planet, but um, I think you got to start there. But I would say this, man, it's it's one of those things where they're not so crazy that you can't learn a few at a, a few at a time. So maybe learn your major and your minor and then maybe learn like diminished something that, you know, or some cool mode or something like, you know, maybe learn something that's interesting to you because I think you need to keep it fun. But I think you need to keep it. Uh, you need to keep learning as well. So if learning those basic things isn't fun to you, then sprinkle in something fun and exotic. So learn your basics, sprinkle something in at the same time to where it's not just basic and boring for you. Um, that's what I would recommend with anything aside from skills. Just even when you're doing, say you're doing an hour of practice, right? And, and you, you're going to do 35, or 30 minutes with a metronome, or, or maybe you should do 45 minutes with a metronome to get your left and right hand together. Uh, you know, just working together, they're, they're coordinated together. Um, also just builds up your speed when you're working with a metronome in general. Uh, that's the best way to get faster, I believe, is faster whilst remaining clean. But at the same time, if you got an hour, yeah, do that metronome practice, especially at the beginning. However, make sure you don't uh, just wear yourself out because it's not fun. So make sure whatever you're doing, um, sprinkle in something that's of general interest to you and not just the journey of, of knowledge because um, you got to keep it fun. And <clears throat> whether you're learning things in the exact order or not, I don't even think it matters. You know, I, I always try to take the pressure off of guitar for people because so many people put pressure on it. They make it a contest. 
Um, and that can suck the fun out of it real fast because you'll learn that there are so many freaks out there at guitar, so many freaks. Um, and there's always a new one coming up on, on YouTube that he's, that's going to just blow your mind. Some young guy or some young girl coming up on, on YouTube that's going to be like the fastest guitar player you've ever seen. And they know so much and it can it could feel like uh, discouraging at times. But just don't let it be that way. Have fun. Um, as anything in life, um, you know, it's about the journey, not the end game, you know. And, and if it is about the end game, like it used to be for me, I've been let down many, many times. Like uh, I'll be happy when I get a record contract. Then you get it and it's exciting for a week. And then it's like, OK, well, I guess I'll be happy when we do our first music video. And then like we do that. And then like, all right, that's exciting. And then like you check off all these things in your career and you're like, fuck like I still need want more I still want all this other shit like or I'm not like as happy as I thought I'd be I have a record out I'm signed I'm traveling the world so uh you know it's cliche to uh to say uh you know it's it's about the journey not the end game but often these cliche things are are cliche for a reason because there's importance to them and that's why they get said so many times that's why they become cliche um anyways hope that helps What is your take on spitting in people's mouths? Well, listen, you're not going to stop me, pandemic or not. How's that? Too much information? You guys got some fucking crazy questions this week. Oh, my God. All right. Next question. Did the idea of putting clean vocals like in Waves come as a natural thing? Loving the new Boo album. Well, thank you. As far as Waves goes, I don't remember how I put vocals on there. Or, or, you know what? It might have been something where like, so, okay, let me start at the beginning here. I, I make a ton of music, right? Skeletons, and I submit them to Born of Osiris. This is the base of my song, and I never have vocals in mind, ever. Like, I just don't think about them. Maybe I should, but it is what it is. I create the song. I send it to the guys. What I do as far as uh, concern myself with vocals is, like, make sure there's a room for it. You know, because you got hectic-ass drums in Born of Osiris, crazy bass, crazy guitars, crazy keys that you can easily, very easily make it. So by the time they're trying to put vocals on there, it sounds like a jumble. It sounds like a mess. Um, and so that's something to be, you know, to be concerned about. However, I'm not sending songs to the band going, this is what the vocal should sound like. Um, we have two very talented vocalists, um, lyricists. Um, and I think that, uh, I mean, they wouldn't appreciate that either. I mean, cause you know what I mean? It's like, what are you just a performer within this band at that point? Or are you a creative uh, contributor and they want to be contributing. So what I think happened, if I remember with waves is something along the lines of, I, I did hear a melody in my head for this part. Um, and so sometimes when I have a melody in mind, I'll just like hit some MIDI on a, on a keyboard and shoot it over. But I think like I had the mic set up maybe for a podcast or something. I can't really tell you. I don't remember, but I just sang it and, um, the guys liked it. And they were like, uh, I mean, we could just use that, you know? So um, it's fun for me. I got to tell you, that's one of the number one questions I see about the record is who's singing on waves. It is me. Thank you, uh, you know, for all the, the kind words about it. I'm just nerve wracking when you do something for the first time, especially with uh, uh, a dedicated and, uh, you know, pretty uh, a nice fan base. You know what I mean? It's not like I was experimenting this at the beginning of our career. We're pretty established. Our, our fan base is established. So all the positive... Um, remarks on waves and my voice uh, I do appreciate it um, and yeah you know if it's up to me I, maybe I'll do that once on every record or something you know fun because I've played guitar for over 20 years but 
you know, this far into my career to be able to do something, you know, completely new feels fun, you know, and uh, keeping it exciting, you know, this this deep into the career. But I'm glad you liked it. <clears throat> How do you prepare mentally for events like live shows or fans recognizing you in public? As far as preparing, preparing for a live show, uh, the guys help me do that. You know, our warm-ups on the bus beforehand are really fun, whether that's warming up uh, the instruments, whether that's drinking whiskey, whether that's um, listening to music, uh, whether that's watching a movie, no matter what it could be, it's it's the guys that pump me up to get on stage um, and, uh, yeah, mixed with, like, some, some tequila, some whiskey, right? Um, as far as meeting fans in public, you never know when you're going to do it. Uh, it's random. As far as if I'm doing like a signing or a meet and greet, that's just fun for me. There's not much preparation. I'll probably make sure I'm showered and smell nice for you. But um, as far as mental preparation, there's not really much to that. Uh, in my mind, I'm thankful that people want to meet me in the first place. People, especially for the meet and greet shit. Listen, that's hard to put your mind on or wrap your head around because the first time you set up a meet and greet, you're like, wait, so people are going to pay to just say hi to me? Like you feel like Cause none of us think we're God's gift to fucking anything. Like we don't think we're our shit don't stink. So it's like, it almost feels weird because like, if you walked up to me in the mall right now, like 1000% say hi and chat with you. So the concept's interesting. Um, at the end of the day, just, I just had to realize, listen, people are going to spend their money on, uh, the way they want to spend it. So if it's worth it to them to pay, to meet me, um, then you bet your ass, I'm going to be fucking grateful and thankful and friendly. Um, I mean, assuming I'm not like sick as a dog or something, but yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, as far as mentally preparing for the shows, it's my guys having a drink. As far as mentally preparing myself for meeting fans, there's not much that goes into it. I'm just thankful. I just make sure that I try to bring my best self, um, whether, uh, you know, mentally, um, even physically. Like I said, like, I don't want to roll out of bed and meet people. Like, I, I will shower and brush my teeth and be present for you. You know what I mean? It sounds silly. It is what it is. But uh, that's the answer to the question. <clears throat> Whose idea was it for the sax in Shadowmourne and who played it? Please don't say it's a plugin. It was a plugin. I wrote Shadow uh, okay, I wrote Shadowmourne and I had uh, programmed the saxophone. It was a fake saxophone. Um, and I don't know how much intention I had on replacing it. It sounded fine. Um, and then so I was on tour performing my solo album Infinite Mind with Adrian, um, who is from the Mars Volta. Um, and Tram, he plays saxophone, obviously, that's what we're talking about, and we were in LA playing um, a show, a full concert, me uh, in the Faceless and Night Verses, and then we were heading to Nam to do more performances, me and him, um, at Kiesel Booth, and you know, things like that at Nam. however, the guys were finishing up vocals in, um, I forget where it is. It's like in the hills, Hollywood kind of deal. Um, anyways, so we were like, hey, we can go over there. And if you want to put some saxophone on the newborn record, that'd be sweet. He's like, sure. So we rolled over. He put it on the outro of Poster Child. Uh, he put it on. There's a little in waves. I don't I don't know if it's very loud in the mix or I, I'm not positive on that. There's a few places on there that aren't really totally obvious. Well, the obvious one is Shadowmourne. And so he did replace what was um, your question. Was it a plug in? It was a plug in. Um, he did replace that. Um, and then the solo was not there. I didn't have like a MIDI sax solo in the song. That would have been a little more ridiculous than a melody line. Um, so that was just him. Like he, I mentioned he's like a Grammy award winning saxophone player. And so he 
we were looping the chorus or something like that where he plays the melody the maiden melody um and and then i think just during the loop he just started going off and freestyling a solo and that's what you also have at the end of shadow morn so that solo at the end of shadow morn is a total freestyle solo um you know and we loved it so much it was such a moment that we were all in the room and felt that we were like we don't want to fucking change it because you can obviously go through and you can uh be like all right let's tweak this part let's tweak this part let's tweak this part but it was just such a beautiful accident that we're like let's just leave this let this moment live forever um and so we did and and that's what you hear today on shadow morn next question will you be doing any vocals on your new solo album no i won't the vocal thing is new for for me and born of osiris um i'll be honest with you and this is not a knock on anyone I have purchased guitar players' solo albums in the past that I was really excited about. They decided to sing, and it really ruined it for me. Okay? And this isn't, uh, again, this is not a knock. I'm not trying to put anyone's record down. It's their solo record. They should express themselves how they want. But I just remember, like, oof, every time it came in, I was like, oh, no. And I found myself liking, like, the two songs that didn't have vocals. And this has happened more than once. I'm not just calling one record out. So the answer to that is no. Um, I would I would enjoy like doing like a feature on every Born record, like one song, like I did on this one. But I don't think I really want to start messing with that too much in my solo world. If I wanted to do something which was my guitar and my vocals, I think I would mm, like put a title on it. It wouldn't be Lee McKinney. Like Lee McKinney is guitar, right? Um, I think that would I would come up with like an artist name if I wanted to do vocals and guitar. But at the moment, you buy my solo records, it's just going to be, uh, you know, instrumental. If you could make your dream tour, who would it be? Concert and tour, you would play. So just dream tour. Um, Might have answered this before, but bands like Meshuggah, Gojira, Slipknot, Lamb of God, uh, really want to tour with um, Sleep Token. Um yeah, just some shit like that. I think that's plenty, right? That's a that's a full tour. How many hours a day do you spend on guitar? It's tough to say what you, to answer that question because I'm in the studio like all day playing guitar, but that could be songwriting where the guitar's on my lap and at this moment I'm writing a keyboard part and or programming a drum part for a demo. Or it could be I'm doing a guest solo for a band in my studio or I'm co-writing a song for someone or anything so there's a guitar there's music and guitar probably nine to five every day you know what i do a workout every day too and lunch so listen nine to five is the is when i show up to my studio to work however there's a lunch break in there there's a a workout break in there so i guess you can you know uh you know make your conclusion from that but just know that it's not like constant metronome practice um, I wouldn't even say that's weekly at that, at this point, 20 some years in, um, as far as like really, really tightening up and cleaning up and metronome work, I, tr- I, I treat tours like, like a fight camp, you know what I mean? So four, eight weeks, four to eight weeks out, um, that's when I start really focusing on guitar, um, and cleaning up any little thing I have, uh, maybe made a mistake on, on a previous tour, or maybe I feel like my pinky's dragging compared to my ring finger, blah, 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 you know? Um, so guitar is all year. Um, music for me off tour is all day. Um, I'm a morning person, not a night person. Um, 
as far as songwriting goes. I know everyone's different, but that's just me. And I hope that answers your question. Is Waves the first time you've ever done vocals on a Boo album? Yes, it is the first time. How do you approach synth writing slash adding sonic textures to your Boo tunes? So when I'm writing a Born song, no matter how far along, even if I'm starting at scratch, I have like a template. And that doesn't mean like because of the mix or anything. It just means that there's going to be things that I'm going to need access to and I don't want to have to pull shit up when I need them. So when I open up a Born template or it's a, the te- a solo templates are the same. Solo album templates, in motive templates, whatever. It's going to have drums. It's going to have a million uh, guitar tracks ready, meaning, so I have a, a spot where I track, and when I track, it is the DI of the guitar always, because um, often when I track something, it's done, and that's the one you hear. Like, all the guitars that you hear of me on Angel or Alien were from the moment I wrote them. Um, I don't go and retrack um, or change anything unless I have an updated idea. So often, when I'm re- recording something, it's the, it's the final. So I always need the DI because it could get reamped and usually always does by the end of the album. And then I'm also recording like my Axe effects or something. So simultaneously, I'm, I'm recording both tracks. But what I have is once that happens, I, have, I can drop it down. So what I already have set up in the session is left rhythm, right rhythm, center, center lead, left lead, right lead, left 50, which is like half left pan, right 50, which is like half right pan. Now I have clean, clean center, clean left, clean right. Now I have um, lo-fi, okay? So these are already in the session the second I open it. However, on top of that, there is like symphony, there is choir, um, there is uh, like an omnisphere or something, which will be like a crazy keyboard tone, like an abstract art breakdown kind of wacky thing, uh, piano. Those are all there the second I open the session. Now, if I need to change something or I don't want to use the same damn key tones in every song, that's fine, but at least it's right there ready to be changed, you know? Also in all those sessions are like risers and like, like, you know what I mean? Often used in dance music, but I use it in Born. Um, what else is in there? In the solo albums, the, the clocks that are ticking, they're in the bottom of the sessions. If I want to use them, I can. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's like what a session that I pull up instantly looks like. Um, and so let me see. Am I getting far from your question? <clears throat> How do you approach synth writing? Um, so, yeah, usually I hear it in my head what I kind of want to do. If not, um, you know, I have my keyboard ready and um, I'll just I'll hit like the depending on what I want. If I want some crazy ketone, I'll hit like the Omnisphere track or whatever. That's like my go to synth that I love for like wacky tones. Um, and I'll start playing you know and i'll once i get to kind of hear what i like then i'll be like oh but it'd be cool if it sounded like this and then i'll go to that Um, or if i'm just laying down chords and i want it to be a choir then i just click that track that's already there and if it's just the orchestra then i'll click that track that's already there um and then once an idea is tracked now it's like now we got to make this original you know what i mean like i said it was there when i opened the track or the, the the session so i need to make sure that it's not me recycling ketones, which sometimes hap- happens in my demoing process, especially if I know that like Joe Burris or someone's going to change the ketone for the final uh, for the album in the end. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of things that are just ready to be touched instantly because I don't want to get to a situation where I have an idea and now I have to spend even two minutes opening up some sort of plugin. I, I, that's the shit I need to avoid. I try to cut every corner as far as um, 
uh, time, wasted time um, in the studio because an idea can come and go in a second. Hopefully that helps. Um, yeah. What Boo song from all albums are you personally most proud of? Uh, you know, at the, at the moment, I'm proud of Waves and Shadowmourne, which, which are what we've talked about a lot on this podcast so far. Waves because I'm doing something new. I'm singing. And, uh, and Shadowmourne because I think I did some int- fun stuff that I don't always do. Um, like the 3-4 uh, the timing of Shadowmourne. The riff uh, the, the, in the verse is actually really hard. Um, the verse riff. It's very adventurous sounding. I hope you know what I'm talking about from the word adventurous, but it travels from the bottom of the fretboard to the top. There's big stretches on your fingers. There's string skipping. There's open strings mixed with fretted strings. So it's actually really hard to play. And I'm really proud of that riff. Um, I'm proud of the fact that there's saxophone that I was able to bridge that gap because you know me and my solo stuff. I love saxophone. And I just wanted to make sure that I was able to Bring, bring that into the Bourne uh, space. You know, I think heavy music and saxophone go so well together. Um, you know, if you heard the solo albums of me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of those ones. How many songs should you start or complete within a year? So that's a dangerous question because you should never force anything with songwriting. I think it's very easy to get to a point where you're like, oh, um... I need to be on track for something, you know, put it this way. Like sometimes I've seen, and it's never happened to us, thankfully, but I've seen it where a label's like, you need to turn in your album by like this date. And Samaria never fucks with us like that. They trust us. And, um, but I've seen it. uh, Bands will be pressured to turn in a record by a certain date. Now that means they have to finish a certain amount of shit in a certain amount of time. And how can you really be creative, um, unbothered creativity, not rushed, um, when, when there's a deadline, you know, you can't. So the point I'm making is it's more important to show up every day and try to write something than it is to complete a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time. If that, you know, helps, you don't want to force anything. It might sound obvious, but, but I know what you're doing. You're, you're trying to make a goal and, and commit to it. And, um, that's healthy too. But when it comes to writing songs or creating art, it's just, I would say the goal should be how much work you're putting in and not um, how many items you're completing, if that helps. How did you come up with some of these riffs? <laughs> Jamming on guitar all day. What was your writing process for A Higher Place? That album is so unique. That is the most uni- uh, unique uh, writing process out of any of our albums. We were on tour after The New Rain came out. We were fresh out of high school, driving around in a van at 18 years old, traveling. And we had like a laptop and we plugged an aux cable in from the laptop to the van and we would write riffs literally in the passenger seat of a van or in the back seat of the van through the aux cable coming out the speakers outside of a venue. So it's interesting you ask why or or, or the, the process behind that album because it's by far the craziest one. I would never do that again, but there are some beautiful spots on Higher Place, I, I really think. Some of the melodies, the guitar melodies, I think are some of our best work. I don't want to say that, but because I, I'm always proud and of the growth, but of of us, of all of us. But I would say that's the strong suit of that record is the guitar melodies. Um, but yeah, I don't want to do it like that again. And I'm not saying it turned out bad. I don't think it would have turned out the way it did if we did it any other way. And that's one of those things where I don't want to change a thing about it because it's a piece of history for me, um, a, pe- a part of my life. Um, so yeah, I don't want to change it, but don't want to do it like that again. 
Do you have a plan to going on tour in the Philippines? Yeah, I want to go on tour literally everywhere. Seriously. Especially on this new record. Did you meet Alexi Leho on Mayhem Fest 2013? I did not. And it was heartbreaking because that was one of the bands I was most excited to tour on, uh, tour with um, in Mayhem. That was a stacked lineup. Zombie, Amana Marth, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Mastodon, Machine Head, Born of Osiris, Children of Bodom. That shit was legendary. I'll never forget that tour. But no, we didn't meet. There were so many bands. Um so many bands that it was just like, you know, I think I saw Rob Zombie one time. I think I saw John Five like three times. And this is like, what, a month of touring? So it was crazy. I wish I saw him, but didn't. What is your dream vacation? Also, I loved Angel or Alien. Well, thank you. Dream vacation is Ireland. I've mentioned it before, but I want to go write an album out there. Uh, but even if I'm not writing and just going on vacation, I still want to go there. I've just been there. You know, Irish, you know, family, Irish heritage, you know, I should say for me. And I think that it's just something that I've, I've we've played there. It's been incredible. Saw the town when we went there each time. But I just, there's just something, you know, I feel like, you know, like, listen, you, anyone born in the U.S., but, you know, your family's like Italian or blah, blah, blah. You know, you just have the desire to go kind of learn more about that. It's just one of those things. And not to mention Ireland is gorgeous um, town, but country, you know. Uh, so I want to go there real bad. And not on tour. I mean, I want to go on their tour too, but. <clears throat> Two questions I just read, I, I answered literally last week. So I don't want to do that to you guys all the time. I, I, there's a lot of new people listening to the podcast, especially after the new record. And I'm thankful for that. But I don't want to go down a road where um, I'm boring the old time listeners. So check last week for, for a couple of these questions. What's the difference between average production and great songwriting and vice versa? Not sure the question totally. Because they're two different things. What's the difference? I'm sorry. I'm not quite sure to tell you there. If reword it maybe next week and maybe I'm missing something. But yeah, ask me again next week. All right. What inspires you to keep improving as a musician? Um, Just because I love what I do. And I love the people that allow me to do it. Now, it sounds like a cliche thing to say, like, I love my fans and they, without them, nothing's possible. But it is true. And it's something that I want to get better for them. But I also just am competitive with myself. And I want to get better because, uh, you know, it's my passion in life is, is music. And so for that reason, I want to excel and be better than I was yesterday, every day. Um, and I want to make incredible albums for you guys, you know. Um, this podcast, um, the touring that I get to do, making music in general, um, having a label that wants to put our records out is all possible because someone's buying it. Um, and sure, I could literally have zero followers and not one fan buying anything. And I would still probably make it out of my bedroom as I worked at fucking who knows. But to get better every day is a selfish thing. But it's also for for you guys, the people who make it possible and you know keep me able to live my dream. Can you play the four note solo challenge in three notes? I don't know what that is. Favorite song off of a higher place. Um, you know, I, it's funny. We we're just talking about that record. I couldn't tell you what my favorite song is, but I can tell you that I miss playing the song Elimination because it was really upbeat. It was a circle pit the whole time when we used to play it. And then the end breakdown, I really like. 
the keyboard part and the way that it hits, um, you know, it always got me. So at the moment, I'll say um, Elimination. What projects or bands did you mix master during the pandemic? Would love to listen. Shit. You know, I should do a website. Um, I have a website started and it's just like the products that I sell. So I sell like XFX presets and Helix presets. By the way, I give away presets for free too. Just so you guys know, it's not like I'm trying to make money on everything here. But you know, uh, if you have the Neural DSP line, I'd give away free pro uh, presets on all that shit. But anyways, I do sell presets on OsirisSounds.com. Um, but I should probably put the things I do, you know, like if I really like something, you know, I'll share it on my Instagram or if a band that I worked with uh, tags me, I'll share it. The best way to see a lot of it is on Osiris Studios, the Instagram page. So search that. Um, it's either like Osiris Studios underscore or underscore, underscore Osiris Studios. Sorry, I should probably know that off the top of my head, but I don't. The underscore shit confuses me. But it's Osiris Studios Instagram. There's a ton of shit there. But yeah, man, I, and, and I got to say thanks to anyone who hit me up. Listen, it's something that's fun for me. It's a way to connect outside of the podcast or an interview or shaking hands at a show. And I think it's potentially the coolest way to connect. You get to write a song with me or I get to be on your song. And the reason I think that's cool is because I put myself in the shoes of, you know, if I could have like Guthrie Govan or someone that I really look up to on one of my songs, I would 100% do it. And I hope that happens, by the way, one day, me and Guthrie Govan on a track. But um. I just think it's the coolest way to connect. So I'm not trying to be here plugging shit for you guys, but uh, I have an email and it's osirisstudios at yahoo.com. Yes, Yahoo, because I've been doing it that damn long. But if you want to work with me uh, on music, osirisstudios um, at yahoo. Um, and yeah, I think the best way is probably to look at the Instagram page. I try to post a lot of the stuff I do on there. Um, haven't posted some of the stuff because I've been moving the studio. So might be a month or two since the last post of actual projects, but I need to update it because I've done a lot of cool shit. Um, I'm, I'm always doing cool shit out of the studio. So, yeah, thanks for asking. How will you handle bass on the upcoming tours? Tracks or have someone fill in? So, for me, you know, I love David um, DeRosha. And in my mind, he uh, always has a home here. When we split, there was nothing. There's no issues. He just needed a break. And... So the door's always open right now. Um, I mean, I can tell you this. On the immediate tours, it'll be on a track, right? Because Sauce is, or Nick, we call him Sauce. He's playing guitar. So yeah, now you're going to see us, um, at least in the near future, it's going to be me on guitar and Nick on guitar. And then the bass will be on a track. Um, but, you know, it's not like a up for everything necessarily. Um, and, you know, maybe in a perfect world, David picks the bass up, falls in love with it again or if he i'm not saying he doesn't love it now but you know just wants to come and join the boys again that door is always open um and i talk to him all the time but uh you know that's a decision he has to make and he can't just you know come back and because of the homies like you know we got to all make sure that we're on the same page of uh you know playing again you know so it might take time to shake the cobwebs off come play with us and jam with us again but listen the door is always open for him last question i believe yep last question is New Boo is a masterpiece. You guys really did go in for the kill. Nice. I see what you did there. Uh, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Well, thank you for the compliments. And I'm going Mortal Kombat 100%. I did play Street Fighter when I was younger. I did watch... I think there was a movie. I always liked that Blanca dude. It's like green, I think, with fucking crazy hair. Um, but Mortal Kombat was something I always loved. The original movies. I played every fucking game. Um, even still, I think I have a switch somewhere with that new Mortal Kombat game on it. 
Um, and I, even the new movie, I liked it. And to be honest, I think a lot of people expected so damn much out of it. I thought they stuck to like the lore pretty well. I thought that they uh, made sure most of the characters you wanted to see were in the movie. I know they're going to do more, and I know there's more characters too that I'm excited to see. But I really liked that new movie. Listen, is it a cinematic masterpiece? I don't think so. But when I watch Mortal Kombat, I'm not exactly expecting that. Um, but yeah, it was fucking... I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and you know what? I closed my laptop because I'm so damn used to not be having tour dates at the end of the podcast, but we're back to tour dates. So check it out. July 27, we're in Corpus Christi, Texas at the House of Rock. July 28, we're in Austin, Texas at Come and Take It Live. July 29, we're in Houston, Texas at Scout Bar. July 30th, we are in San Antonio, Texas at Vibes Event Center. 31st, we're in Lubbock, Texas at Jake's. And August 1st, we're in my hometown, Dallas, Texas, Gas Monkey. All right, cool. Thank you again for being here on this podcast, and uh, I will see you next week. Peace out.